0: when we saw the impact it had to this organization and some of the individuals and when they were told this is your place you know this is your home and you know they fall to their knees and they start bawling or they come up to you and they give you the biggest hug that you're not expecting that's where the heart started shifting to you know focusing our efforts toward okay how can we grow this business for a greater good, for a greater impact, to impact this community to
1: some of these needs. Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome back,
2: three full listeners. I hope you're having a great week. we got another great guest today. Uh, Todd Bowen is joining us today from up in uh, that state up north. Uh, so a little bit about Todd, and then we'll bring him in. Uh, he and his wife, Katie, have uh, been married 14 years, two sons, founded Trinity Investment Group, a real estate company in 2017, as a way to diversify their retirement investments. Since then, it's turned into a full-time passion and mission. They currently own 20 residential units in West Michigan, Majority of these are leased to local nonprofit organizations that provide housing for victims of human trafficking, domestic abuse, substance abuse, recovery, reentry, and people suffering with homelessness and mental health. I can't wait to get into that. Um, I've already had a chance to talk to Todd about that. Really excited to hear more about this. Uh, but Todd and, and uh, his wife recently partnered on a 48 unit complex in uh, Ankeny, Iowa. And and they just hope to use the blessings God has given them to bless others and make a positive impact on the kingdom. Love all that. Todd, thanks so much for joining us today, man. I'm really excited to get into your story.
0: Thank you, Lee. I appreciate the introduction and uh, I'm honored to be here.
2: Let's go all the way back. Tell us, I mean, you know, as I read, um, you started in 2017 as a way to diversify your retirement investments, just tell us a little bit about, you know, where you and Katie were at the time, just, just with your life and, and kind of what the thinking was, yeah. how did you even get interested in real estate in the first place? Kind of just give us your backstory a little bit as far as real estate goes.
0: Yeah, no problem. It's uh it's a pretty easy story to tell at the time, 2017, uh, my wife and I were both working full-time jobs. Sure. And at that time, let's see, our kids were born in 2010 and 2013, okay. uh, two- and, you know, they were getting up to that school age and, sure. you know, retirement for most people, I think is kind of an afterthought or just right. not about enough. And I guess I've always been a planner and, you know, looking into that, you know, future plan in, in that big, you know, golden gate of retirement, yeah. I started you know, wondering what are we doing with that besides maximizing our uh, 401ks through work Yep. yep. and I was keeping track of that and, you know, watching that grow slowly. But at the end of the day, we didn't have any control over that. I've always loved real estate. You know, it, confirmation bias told me when I started looking online and started reading, um, even some of the mindset books, um, kind of always pointed to real estate and, you know, how much of a, you know, blessing that can be as far as wealth, um, how you can help other individuals. Um, and so we just, we, we pursued, uh, real estate that way, just learning at first, um, probably the year of 2016 was the learning year. Okay. Yeah. 2017 is when we, um, started taking some action.
2: Okay. Yeah. You, you make a good points out. I mean, I, I think for most people, especially in your twenties and then still in your thirties and probably still in your forties and some people even in your fifties yet, yeah, you're really just not thinking that much about retirement. I mean, you, you've got enough to think about. Right. And it's like, Hey, it's just so far away, you know? So I'll just, yeah, I'll just put it in and, and kind of, everybody knows that the game plan, you just work, you make as much money as you can. You try not to spend <laughs> all of it. And you know, you just hope there's enough at you- the end. Keep <laughs> contributing to the 401k and hope there's enough at the end. Exactly right. And and because yeah. you're more of a planner, your mind started thinking ahead a little bit more than, than most. And like, well, wait a second. Is this really gonna work? It, it, or, you know, is, and, and maybe like, is this all there is? Is this the only route? Um, and, and I, I really wish more people, you know, were more of a, a planner. And and I can't say that I was. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of got into it a different way, but yeah, I really I just really wish Todd, more people just really thought through that. Like, is this really the best way to do it? Is it the only way to do it? So you, you, you start seeing this. Um, but how do you get started? I mean, how, how do you jump in? You, you decide real estate's a good place, but how, how can somebody get started? how do you do it?
0: So it's kind of funny. I called up our financial advisor where mm-hmm. we, um, were sending our money and who was managing our money. Um, you know, if you call it management, I, it was it was tough to know what exactly he was doing with it. But um, love him to death, and um, uh, he's a he's a brother in faith. And uh, I called him up and I asked him what he thought of real estate investing as a diversification for retirement. I mean, it's exactly what we're talking about. Yep. And to my surprise, he said, "I love real estate, Todd. I have 17 houses." And they're like little ATM machines. Wow. Wow. And I was a little taken back because, you know, he's a financial advisor and he's putting money into the market and he's watching that and managing that. And that's his active day-to-day career. Yep. Yep. And he was doing on the side what I had hoped to do myself. Yeah. And so through that conversation, um, he gave me the info to the guy that helped him, um, buy those houses okay. and I reached out to Doug and turns out Doug is a great friend now, five years later. Um, we still talk almost every day, if not weekly. Um, he is an investor with several properties. Yeah. He is a licensed builder and he is a real estate agent. So he has He's a ability, good guy to know. Good guy to know. I call it the trifecta. You yeah. know, we look at a house, he can let us in, he can walk around, he can point out all the bad things about the house. Yep. Yep. And yep. I like to say the initial visit for us is like a home inspection and yes, gives right. us a lot of confidence going in. And then on the back end, he can tell me right on the spot this is going to cost you five grand, this is going to cost you 20 grand. You know, you're going to hate that those kind of things that you know what you're getting into. So, you know, whether to walk right now or you can put those numbers in your deal analyzer and see if it makes sense.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, and I didn't make it easy for him. We looked at 70, 80, maybe 90 places. Wow. In 2017. And it was just that, you know, paralysis of analysis or that fear to jump in and Doug's a great guy. He he would always, you know, encourage me, teach me, but he was like, "Todd, are you the kind of guy that sits by the edge of the pool and puts your toes in the water? Are you the kind of guy like me that gets a running start and does a cannonball in the deep end?" And of course that is an analogy to real estate. Are you going to yeah. jump into this investing and start now or are you going to Think about it forever and analyze it to death. Yep. And so we f- we found a duplex that was our first property in 2017. That's right.
2: You know, you're blessed, Todd, to have have a, in my opinion, a good financial planner because I, I thought what you were going to say is he was going to say, "Man, I-, I don't know anything about real estate. If you want to, if you want to get in real estate, you got to talk to somebody else." Because he- here's what I do. So, man, that that's awesome. Uh, Conflict of interest for him. Yeah, it but... kind of is it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're saying, I mean, a lot of times you're- you'd be saying, "Hey, I'd like to say- take some money away from you." So take away from your fees and put it here. But I mean, it's, it's awesome. You know, he turned you on to the right guy. And a lot of times that's what networking does is lead you yeah. to the right people. And it's usually that guy that's, that's an investor, kind of investor mm-hmm. first and thinks that way. But he's also a realtor and likes to sell people houses, investment properties. You know, I know a couple of guys like that. And that's who I send everybody to. I mean, I, mm-hmm. actually the guy in, in Dayton, his, his name's Todd. And everybody that comes, him, I'm like, I got to introduce you to Todd because he, he's going to be the guy that gets you started. And, and he's really good in that small like single family, but like the small multis, he, he can find those all day long. He's in the markets. Like you got to meet that guy. So you got, you got him with yep. the right guy. Um, you kind of got going. So you're up to 20 units kind of bring us up to speed, Todd, you, that, that first duplex, maybe a little bit, how that went. And then how did you scale to 20 units?
0: Yeah. So we're getting to the the meat now. Um, bought that duplex and we inherited tenants. You know, I, I was and and I was kind of going for that at the time because I was still working and, mm-hmm. In my eyes, if I bought a place that was already had tenants, then that would be instant cash flow. Sure. And I'm worried about making that payment and, you know, making this thing cash flow. So, yeah, we we bought that. We inherited those tenants. And it was actually at the closing table, you know, from all my reading and negotiating, I thought I was pretty smart. And I asked the seller if she had anything else for sale. And Doug kind of looked at me like, what are you doing kid? (laughs) Um, and she said, well, I'll give you a list of properties I might sell. And so she wrote down, just scribbled down on a piece of paper, uh, a list of five other properties that she'd be willing to sell. And Doug and I left closing and went and drove by those properties. And sure enough, one of them was a three unit that was in pretty, pretty bad disrepair. Uh, but once we were able to, uh, Take a look at it with my inspector, agent, investor. Yeah. Yeah. We we made an offer on that one month later. Wow. That's awesome. We went from zero to five units in about 30 days, you know, from the time I first closed,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: closed on that second one. We inherited tenants there. And turns out we had two evictions at the three, three unit. We had people not paying, people yep. moving out. And mm-hmm like, wow, this is, what did I get myself into? You know, sitting on five units thinking I'm a real estate investor and still not really knowing what's going on. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's always a learning experience. And I, I just always, in our underwriting, I would always, um, caution anyone and and suggest to people to underwrite for, for much higher vacancy in year one, because likely, uh, you know, you're going to be doing things differently than the previous owner. And, especially if you, if you really want to come in and you want to run it like a business and you want to run a tight ship, yep. not, it's not necessarily going to be true, but I think you should just assume that the, the seller did not run it that way. Cause a lot of times that's the case. Yeah. Um, yep. So when you start making people pay on time, you may find that that's not what they're used to. And so they don't yeah. want to do that. And when they you haven't heard of the no the pay,
0: pay, no stay policy. yeah,
2: Right. And and when you say, Hey, there's a late fee. Cause you're like, they're not yeah. used to that. So they're not, and, and they're not going to stick around and, and, and in the long run, you don't want them to, you know, you, you don't want the right. kind of residents that, that aren't going to pay and aren't going to respect your, your place and aren't going to allow you to run like a business. So they're gonna have to go, but yeah, it makes it for a tough first year. So, um, yep. I'm assuming you, you got that ironed out, got, got new residents in that were better and, uh, which allowed you to kind of keep going.
0: Yeah. It was at that time that we decided, Katie and I decided it was time to have someone else manage those properties because we both had full-time jobs, um, yep. I was a project manager for an environmental engineering company, and you know it was a lot of hours. It was a lot of responsibility, and it was you know quite a bit of travel, or at least windshield time, day trips. Um, and my wife is a sales rep, so she's on the road, and we just didn't have the time. And then right. we had two boys um, to uh, to manage these, and that's the last thing I wanted to do on the weekends. Was to go up and deal with this stuff. We we hired a property management company. You know they they got things straightened out. They started vetting new tenants and getting this thing kind of on its feet, so yeah. it would be sustainable. Um, yeah, that was that was year one. Year two, uh, we we kind of jumped to the summer of 2018, and I found this uh, five unit building uh, that, on the market, and it was completely vacant. And wow. we went and looked at it. And they were small units. They needed some cosmetic rehab. We we made an offer and we bought that five or I bought that five unit building for seventy five thousand dollars. Wow,
2: that's so, my goodness.
0: Yeah, twenty eighteen. Um, yep. Today it's probably worth two forty to two sixty. Buying that vacant, we we bought a project. We. Sure.
2: How much help was your property management with that project, Todd?
0: It was all about the same time that I was listening to other podcasts and I heard about a guy on a podcast that was renting his um, properties to nonprofit organizations. Gotcha.
2: Okay. I was going to, yeah, that was definitely area. one of my questions is how you got turned on to that. Let's get yes. into that a little bit then.
0: Yeah. 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 And so that, that was the time um, kind of heard that podcast, uh, had just closed on this building, you know, totally vacant. Right had to find private money to help purchase the building. Um, you know, we were, we didn't know what we were going to do it. That was the turning point to start reaching out to our local nonprofits. And I hadn't heard of any of them. I didn't, Yeah. I hadn't talked to them, didn't know them, but I just started getting on the phone. Uh, as soon as we had closed on that building, I don't know. It was probably a three month process, maybe four. And wasn't getting any traction, wasn't getting past the gatekeeper. And, and finally I, I did and pitched them the idea of leasing this entire five unit building to them for their housing program, you know, give them authority to move in whoever they wanted to that was in their program, move them out. Um, Cause it's pretty transient um, by nature. The organization um, works with domestically abused women and children.
2: Wow, it's awesome.
0: It took a while, but I even had to bring my wife in uh at one point because she's a salesperson and
2: saleswoman. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And she uh um she nailed it and they agreed to rent that building for a two-year lease period. And you know, the weight, let me tell you, was lifted off our shoulders. Wow, I
2: can't imagine. Yeah.
0: Now we had this building that we had a hundred grand into um that we borrowed the money. To, to buy and to rehab, we just, you know, leased this building out for, I don't know, I think at the time it was $3,000 or $3,200 a month for two wow. years Yeah, with an organization. And so you start doing, running the numbers and you're thinking, okay, these returns are pretty good. Um, you know, let's uh, let's continue this. This organization called back a month later and said, hey, it's going well in this five unit. Do you have anything else? And sure enough, that first duplex we bought had just become vacant. And so we were in there doing work yeah. it, sprucing it up. We showed it to them and they said, we'll take it. And they did the same thing. They signed a two year lease for that duplex, both units,
2: man. How cool Todd. So, Oh man, that, that, that's awesome. I mean, it, I just, you know, it, it's an overused term to say, you know, a win-win, but <clears throat> I, I really do think it's, we see it so much in real estate. Um, and and I, I love getting in this where like, it, you know, you can do things right. You can do right by people and do good things and, and make money at it. I mean, and, and do well for yourself and your investors. Man, it's just what I love about it. And th- this is an even better example of that. Um, so you heard it on a podcast and was like, okay, cool. That's interesting. I mean, I can totally see why you're like, man, I could go from, oh, uh, over oh five to five for five <laughs> in, in, in a hurry. So that totally makes yeah. sense. Um, yep. But there's... I'm sure there were some negatives in your mind, at least. But um, what, what was kind of the inspiration behind that, Todd? What, what made you, I mean, and then you stuck with it for three to four months or whatever of trying to get this done. Um, tell us a little about your inspiration behind, you know, pursuing this strategy.
0: Yeah, it's a great question because it was about that time I had begun having a shift of heart up to this point. It was all about me. Mm. And you know, this is my side hustle. This is going to make me wealthy this is going to um, allow me to get out of my job, financial freedom, time freedom, all that stuff. And, you know, that stuff's not bad. Sure. But where the focus was on myself, when we saw the impact it had to this organization and some of the individuals, and when they were told, this is your place, you know, this is your home, and, you know, they fall to their knees and they start bawling or they come up to you and they give you the biggest hug that you're not expecting. You know, we had some of that. I have goosebumps right now. And that's where the heart started shifting to. Okay. You know, if you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. I was telling him, Hey, this is what I'm going to do. He softened my heart to say, this is my plan for you. You will now do this for me.
2: Yeah, for other and for others. Yeah.
0: Others work for you. Yeah. The the tide shifted and we started, you know, focusing our efforts toward, okay, how can we grow this business for a greater good, for a greater impact, to impact this community to some of these needs. Because that's when we started to think about reaching out to other organizations and seeing if we could meet some of their needs. And I mean, to skip ahead, we currently work with five. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're talking to two more, um, you know, the kind of talks like, hey, do you want to go this route? Um, Do you like this model? Uh, We're actually looking for a house for one of them. Uh, That kind of talk. So that's cool. It's really grown into helping more people and using real estate as a tool for a win-win situation. I, I, sure. I agree with you. It is cliche. That's what we want to make, right? Yeah. It's, you know, if, if there's someone that has a problem with profit, my argument to that is there's nothing wrong with profit. It's what you do with the profit that kind of shows where your heart is. And I would tell them that what we do with our profit is go help more organizations or how is more people. We don't gouge but we do have to run this like a business cuz we are a nonprofit. We I've never drawn drew any owner salary from the from the business so far. We we shifted our lifestyle to live off my wife's income. Wow. I was able to leave my W2 job. Yeah. And we just reinvest all the profits and that's kind of you know where where we feel led to do right now.
2: Man, that's neat. And, and what I love about it, Todd, as, uh, as so often happens, you know, like you said, you had this plan for yourself and kind of told God your plans and, and God said, well, I've got this other plan. But th- the neat thing about it is like, it still involved your plan. I mean, you still, you, you know, you create, you're still doing this full time. So it's like, I, I've actually got something so much bigger. Like it, it is going to, Todd, it, it's great. I love your heart. And, and you are going to, I do want to bless you in this as well. So like, you are going to get to go do this full time but I've got so much more planned. It's not going to just be about you. It is like, yeah. it's going to involve you too. And it's going to be great. And And I think, you know, you guys are building a nice portfolio here. And like, I think you, you know, um, you and Katie are definitely going to be blessed by it. And And I probably one day financially, you know, as you're pouring back into it now, but, but also like you're blessing so many other people. And so God is using you as this uh, vessel uh, to, to bless so many people. So it, it's awesome. Um, it, it's, it's a great thing. Um, I imagine there's people, you know, hearing this and thinking, "Wow, like man, maybe I should look into this." I mean, um, yeah. I would love to to bless people like this. Let's get into the nitty gritty of it a little bit, Todd. I mean, what are yes. what are some of the negatives? I mean, I can imagine spending three or four months trying to get someone to say yes to to what seems like um, a no brainer for them is to t- hey, take a five unit right here and 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 we've got it, yeah. you know, ready to go, and it looks great and you know, great home, and 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 you guys can lease the whole thing out, um, but you're kind of dealing with the the bureaucracy government type stuff. I mean, just that's kind of my first thought, but what, what are some of the negatives, if any, and um, is this something that you would suggest others look into or, or would you say, Hey, you've really got to have a heart for it because it's very difficult.
0: That's a tougher question to answer. Um, Cause they're, they're pretty soft negatives, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so working with nonprofits funding is always an issue. Not all organizations we found out are funded you know, well enough on an annual basis to sign up for something like this or to commit to a lease. Some of them, they run so lean and they depend on grant funding that may or may not show up. They depend, depend on donor funding, fundraising. That was an issue up front, working, talking with some of them. They just, you know, flat out said, we love what you're doing. It's a great idea you know, if we could commit to that, then there, it might be possible. Got so Makes sense. that was a negative. Um, yeah. Outside of that, Lee, it's hard for me to think of, you know, something negative. We have some of the normal, you know, tenant issues that we, you know, have to address um, where if they, you know, break something or um, trash the place, then we have to have a conversation with a nonprofit. We have to go back to the lease and just kind of work through, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to address this situation? And that's worked out pretty well. Um, You know, it's, it's, I would say it's worked out better than, than leasing um, to some individuals. Profit. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so finding, finding one where this model works may be a challenge, but once you do, You've, you've, it's really a pretty good model.
0: We may be coming up on another potential. It's not an issue, but, um, it's just the rent amount. Um, most of these programs use the fair market rental rate that HUD publishes. Okay. And the housing and urban development. And at the time we first started doing this, that was market rates or even slightly above. Okay. now I'm seeing with rent growth and sure. appreciation and appreciation that market rates are starting to surpass the HUD rates. You know, my philosophy on that is that I would rather have consistent rent payment that yeah. might be under market than have top dollar, but have vacancies.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're, so, cause you're essentially for two years, you are hundred percent occupied.
0: Yes. Economically, whether
2: whether you are or not,
0: yeah, correct. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: that's really that's a yeah that that can make up for a lot of loss in you know a lot of rent premium loss. You can make up for a lot of the occupancy for the properties that are you know leased out to a nonprofit. Are you still using property management on those properties, and and how does that work? I mean, because I would imagine you shouldn't pay as much because they're not having to do as much. <laughs> Just, you know, first thought. So, tell me a little bit yeah. about that, about property management. <laughs>
0: That's a great question. The units we have with the, the nonprofits, I manage them myself.
2: Okay. Gotcha.
0: And I was unsure about that based on how the first few went. After a month or two of working with an organization, you kind of come to realize that you're not chasing that rent. It, it's- right shows up and you're like wow okay this is a good thing and then there were some issues we had to work through Um, not issues more processes Um, if there was a maintenance concern I previously would get a call or a text from the organization I would call or text my handyman and you know I would be the middleman and you know one day I think I read the one thing by Gary Keller and Mm -hmm that was my one thing that if that went away being the middleman, then everything else would seem amazing. Yeah. It was pretty easy to say, Hey, um, organization, if you could please just contact my handyman directly, that would be wonderful. And then I'll be out of the mix. You guys can coordinate timing, coordinate what it is. Yep. Yep. And just get it done. This
2: is the second time job. We're like, you, you just decided to ask the question, you know, getting your start in real estate, well, g- getting your second property and kind of springboarding you forward was just asking the seller if they had anything else to sell, you know, where <laughs> most people just wouldn't ask that. Cause I don't know, it's embarrassing. It doesn't, yeah. seem right, you know, whatever. And then imposter uh, syndrome. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, just asking, you know, the, the, um, nonprofit that the company, you know, your your kind of client in a way. Um, Hey, could you do something differently? And, you know, because most people wouldn't do that. Oh, I feel bad doing that. Oh, it's not that bad. You know, I'll just keep doing things the way I'm doing it or whatever. And just asking like the answer is yes. Again, <laughs> you know, so yeah. great lesson there. Just just to ask.
0: Um, it was a win, win, win. Oh, my goodness. Like, it, again, everyone was happier because it yeah, was less for sure yeah. coordination. So it's
2: just, but it's, it's, it's people don't like change and they don't like to ruffle feathers. And so it's not, not as hard. But man, you're, you're so glad when you do. Todd, I know I your, your faith um, is important to you. Um, I, I love how you feel like um, you know, God kind of changed your heart and, and showed you something bigger and how he could use you. Um, and, and yet, I, again, I love, though, that you still got to quit your job. You still got to do this full time. You're still getting to pursue your passion, but God had even bigger plans for that. One question I would have is like, what, what do you want your kids to learn from your unique experience and journey uh, in, in real estate
0: investing? Great question, man. First of all, I want them to learn to love real estate. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right now, what are they? Eight and 11. I kind of get the eye roll when I talk about, <laughs> real I'm like, come on boys. Yeah. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, um, what I want them to, to kind of recognize is that the choices that we've made and particularly choosing real estate has allowed us, Katie and I way more time with them Mm -hmm. than I ever had with a W2 job. And I mean, it's the simple things. I get to take them to school. Now I get to pick them up. Right. I get to coach little league and the boys are into motocross. And so, you know, that's a sport where you're Kind of on the road. It might be during. The week. It might be on the weekend, and you know, I I couldn't do that before when I no. had a job. So yeah, the biggest takeaway for them is you know just knowing that dad can spend time with them. Love it.
2: Yeah.
0: This and you know going back to the goals, that was one of my very big goals. Yes. Yeah you know, the time, freedom to raise our kids while they're eight and 11 and they're growing up.
2: Yeah. So fast. Yep.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah.
2: Real estate can offer such, such freedom. Um, I mean, even, you know, especially when, when you, when you're active, but even as a passive investor, I mean, it can just do a lot mm-hmm. uh, for improving your freedom because it can pay you today. You can get cash right. flow today, uh, which can just increase people's freedom. And, and, you know, when you have a family, that's so important that time freedom is so important when you've yep. got kids and you got that family. So that's awesome, man. Um, a couple of questions I ask all, all my um, guests. Um, one would be, um, I don't think you've mentioned anything yet, uh, books. Uh, any any book that helped you kind of get started or has been really meaningful to you in your real estate investing journey?
0: There's so many that I should send you a list for the show notes. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of the you, you mentioned
2: the one thing, I guess, already. I yep. love
0: that book. Yeah. Kind of more the of a one. business,
2: like self-improvement book.
0: Yeah. And those tend to, to strike me uh, a little stronger. Um, the other okay. one is um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yep. Well, Carnegie, yep. that's a must read for yep. everyone. For sure. Um, the Cash Flow Quadrant early on by Robert Kiyosaki yep. um, was Dynamite.
2: What would you say is the key ingredient to be a successful real estate investor? Someone's thinking they want to get started. What what do you think of one thing it definitely takes to be successful at real estate investing?
0: I think it's the mindset. And can you overcome the fear that false evidence appearing real? Come that to take action. So there's kind of a, a stepping stone right there. Sure. Can you can you get to action by changing your mindset? and overcoming fear.
2: Let's flip that question on its head a little bit. Um, what's a key ingredient then to, while you're having success in real estate investing, maintaining your priorities, prioritizing your faith, following Christ and prioritizing your wife and your kids.
0: Oh man. I think starting every day in the word. Yeah. And in prayer, I think also to go along with that is controlling your, your day, your time in, as opposed to letting it control you.
2: Sure. Yep. Yep. Uh,
0: and honestly, this might be a little surprising, but communication. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I talk to my boys about real estate and the business all the time. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of valuable lessons there that they can learn, not only about business um, and lifestyle, but uh, our impact and our faithfulness too.
2: To, yeah, you know, right. Connecting everything. Yes. I love that. My my wife's big on that. She she's so, I feel like, why is it in that to say, hey, you know, your job, whatever it is, but especially since we're fortunate enough to kind of do this real estate thing and do the entrepreneurial thing, it shouldn't be something separate, something that separates me and my wife, or something that separates me and the kids. It could be something we're doing together. At least they know about and we talk about. And we're, you know, we're doing it together. We do it as a team. It could be something yeah. that brings you kind of together, that you grow in together versus you know, again, something that, that separates you. Now, not every job can, can be like that as much, but um, yeah, maybe the more you, you talk about it with your kids, it's, it's something that unites you. And wait, this has been really great, Todd. Um, I, I love what you're doing. I, I, frankly, um, I mean, I guess I'm a little bit embarrassed. I have not thought that much about it, but I, I love the concept. I obviously love, you know, the way you're able to be a, a vessel um, for God and, and bringing his kingdom here on earth by, by serving others in that way. So uh, thank you so much for, for um, explaining that to us and, and bringing that to light uh, so that some of us can maybe, you know, pursue that opportunity as well. And before I let you go, Todd, uh, I always like to ask, how might we, uh, my listeners and I be praying for you, you, your family, your business in the coming weeks?
0: <laughs> Great question, Lee. I appreciate that. Um, sure. 45 minutes before we jumped on the call today, uh, we, we made an offer on another property. Okay. That Good timing. Be, for yeah. Us. For an organization that uh, works with uh, reentry and recovery individuals. This particular home would be a group home. And it's a very competitive market right now. Yeah. Um, well, Doug actually told me there was six or eight offers um, that were on the table. Offers were due uh, today. So we submitted And if you guys and your friends and family would want to pray for that, that would be very much appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Again, I
2: just love that we could pray for you and your family that, you know, this could be something that provides for you guys. But then obviously you're going to provide this group home for others. Um, Love that we get to pray Mm -hmm. for both of those. That's awesome.
0: I appreciate that, Lee.
2: Good stuff, man. Wade, well, hey, thanks again for joining. Um, we'll send yeah. people over to you. Um, okay. And, and good luck to you, man. I hope you close on that one. I hope you close on a bunch more. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Lee. Take care,
0: John.
1: Yep. Thanks. Bye now. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review and check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.